Well, today we start our special summer season um, series of messages, and we have some different people coming to speak, which is amazing. And so today I want us to give a massive welcome to our um, youth and young adults pastor, Alex Marini, who's going to speak Woo! this morning. Go, Alex. Hi, hi. Oh, can I get the thing? Morning, everybody. Welcome. I'm super excited. Like, I'm bubbling over and I just have to, like, calm down a little bit. But amen for that worship. Amen for us being here together. So we're just going to open up in prayer. So um, let's pray. God, I thank you for you and that you, we can come together this morning in your house and learn about you. Holy Spirit, come and use me this morning and do what only you can do and break up the words that come out of my mouth and allow it to minister to everyone listening. Let them leave this place feeling uplifted as you speak to every single person in this room. Use me as your vessel and release your supernatural power upon us this morning, we pray. Amen. Amen, man. So, I'd like to start, I'd like to ask you yourself a question. Okay, so ask yourself this question. Do you ever catch yourself focusing on what you want rather than what you have? Mm -hmm. Do you ever catch yourself idolizing or wishing you had a marriage like that or kids like this or a house like that or more money or that perfect job? That chasing these things means that you're going to get closer to this idea of perfection, which then we convince ourselves once we've reached this, it will allow us to achieve more. Well, today I want to shed some light on how sometimes in this world, there is a pressure to always reach that next thing that we don't yet have. Even when we don't know what the realities of that next thing actually entails. So the idea of this whole message came about as for me recently, by the way, I'm going to get real with you guys today, so... Um, I'm going to be sharing some stuff. So, so yeah, the idea of this whole message came about because for me recently, I went through a period in my life where I realized I was placing my focus and attention on the next thing. And this next thing for me was to understand who my husband was going to be. <laughs> Legit, like... So, which is interesting because I've always been pretty content. Content in who I am, Content in the sense that when I invited Jesus in my life, I knew my life wasn't going to be the same like this world. And I knew that I'm choosing God's way. And I know that I'm growing with Jesus. Also, by the way, I'm one of those people that I was like, I'm not going to date anyone because I don't want anyone to waste my time. If this is not the man that God's planned for me, then please don't waste my time. But um, that's just me. However, the reason I'm sharing this with you today is because in spite of me being content, I was confused as to why now, in this moment, I had become, it had become such a big focus and a desire for me. I caught myself idolizing marriage, and it was really affecting me. And I realized that actually this all came from this external pressure from society and culture. As strong as I was, the constant questions of, why are you single while well, I'm 25? 
<clears throat> pardon me, 25. And they were like, why are you single? Or why haven't you found someone yet? Or what's your next step in life? Or your clock's running out. My clock's not running out. I'm 25, people. Like, why are people putting this pressure on me? And as a Christian, as a Christian, you need to find your husband. Oh, my God. Anyway, well, apologies for blaspheming this room. Um, we're all adding, they were all adding up. And eventually, it did affect me. It made me start to question and ask questions about myself. It made me doubt God. It made me feel concerned that in my current single state, I'm missing something. And these pressures, by the way, don't just appear. <clears throat> by the way, I worshipped a little bit too hard, so my, my voice is going a little bit. They, these external pressures, they don't just appear. But as we're growing up, they're ingrained in our culture. It's like a checklist. Oh, you're in school? What are you going to study? You graduate. What's your job? You're in a job. Uh, when are you going to get married? You're married. When are you going to have kids? You have a kid. When are you going to have the next kid? You're in a flat. When are you going to have a house? It's like this ending checklist. And actually, the reality is sometimes this isn't how life goes. So the title of today's message is Ditch the Disney Dream. And um, you like it? Thanks, Pastor Tony. <laughs> Ditch that Disney dream. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thank you, thank you. And because I was realizing, as I was growing up, um, there was this other external influence, another aspect that maybe played a part in my growing up, and it was Disney. I love Disney. I would watch it over and over again. I love how it would stir my imagination, make me dream. I love the romantic stories. I love the constant good versus evil. And it played a big part in my growing up. And it taught me, actually, many valuable lessons in life. And one of the things that it definitely advocates is that one day, you're going to find this one. Another external factor that, actually, now that I was realizing, I was like, why am I feeling all this pressure? Well, I actually believe growing up in the church as a Christian, there is this underlying pressure to find that one as well. And actually, I think culture needs to shift this perspective on marriage as being this end goal, because it sends out the wrong message. It sends out this message that you're not complete until you're married. And sometimes this unintentional pressure from churches or from the world can make us miss the point. And actually, whether you're married here in this room, or whether you're single, divorced, widowed, whatever season you are in, or whatever pressure you're currently feeling that makes you feel that you're not complete or enough, I'm here to tell you they are lies. And that actually, as children of God, because we're children of God in this house, yeah, and we're believers of Jesus, we are already whole and complete in Him. We all have significance and identity right now in the season you're in. And this is the message I wanted to share with you today. So while I was figuring this out, and God directed me to this passage, so we're going to bring it down to Genesis, right to the beginning. We're going to start with the first person who was made in the image of God. The first person, by the way, to have an intimate and share a personal relationship with God. And if you take anything away from today's message, let it be this, that in every season and period of your life, 
God wants us to be in relationship with him first. So if you have your Bibles, or if you have your Bible app, or however you get your Bibles, the scriptures will be up here as well. But let's look at the verse. So Genesis chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 7. Then it says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Verse 8. Then the Lord God planted a garden in the Eden... Sorry. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed a man he had made. Verse 9. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow from the ground, trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruits. Now, if we jump down to verse 15, then it says, The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. And if we jump down even further to verse 18, by the way, this is a passage that everyone quotes, 18, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And when I was looking at this passage, I want to share with you today four points from this passage. Four things that Adam already had before Eve was ever in the picture. And I actually believe that these four things can give us all some insight in our lives today. So number one, the first thing is place. So in verse 8, it says, The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. So God gave Adam a place, which, by the way, he didn't have anything to do with. He placed him in the garden. And my question to you today is, What place are you in now? Are you in a place where God has placed you? Or are you in a place where you've placed yourself? Many people decide to take control and place themselves in search for the thing or person they're trying to find that will complete them. Lots of my friends, they go traveling. They go to go find themselves or they go to move country to find that person that they're looking for, and they actually go with actual no real direction. And actually, we need to be real with ourselves and with what God is saying over our lives. Is God genuinely calling you to move from your current situation, or is it you? Don't fight the place he's placed you in now. If you're thinking of leaving that job because of this reason, or leaving the church because of this reason, or changing schools because you think it will help, it might But really evaluate and hear from God. Because we aren't just placed in these places by accident. As children of God, believe it, that he is placing you right now in preparation for you to grow into your next step. And instead of focusing on how, and instead, apologies, focus on how you can bring Jesus into the situation you're in right now, into your place. Number two, Purpose. So 15, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to do what? To tend and watch over it. So, this, if you want, if you're writing notes, this is the verse to write down what I'm about to say. God desires to place you in a place where He knows purpose can happen in your life. 
Once you start to embrace where God has you now, you can begin to embrace the purpose of why he put you there. Adam's purpose was to work and to tend and watch over the land. So you too, work and tend your land and let God grow you. Start to seek and figure out why are you here? Why does God want, what does God want me to do? Why am I placed here? What is my purpose? If you don't know, you'll always be disappointed with where God has you. And I'm here to tell you to just be in relationship with God so he can reveal to you your calling and purpose. Number three, provision. So number nine, it says, The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow from the ground, trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruits. So when you're in the place that God's placed you in, fulfilling God's purpose, he will make provision. It says the Lord God made the trees grow, not Adam. So instead of you thinking you need to place yourself in positions, doing things to get results, understand that God actually is calling us to walk by faith because he will provide the things in our lives that are according to his will and purpose. And it will be beautiful and it will be fruitful. Number four is identity. So we go back to verse seven. It says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Whatever season you're in, remember who you are in Christ. Don't let the pressures from this world distract you, but let God define your identity. Otherwise, you're going to miss everything. So to wrap up these four points, focus on the assignment that God has given you. Whether you are single, whether you are married, ask yourself, are you in the place that God wants you to be in? Fulfilling the purpose he's got you for? Allow his provision to flow in your life. And is your identity secure in Jesus? So to conclude, there is always something culture will tell you that you need to have in order to feel valued and complete. And if you're not careful to distinguish this, it can actually open a door for depression and frustration to come into your life. Whatever situation you're in, I want you to realize, as children of God, you already have a place. You already have a purpose. You have God's provision and you have God's identity. So for me, when I was experiencing this pressure to be married, or actually even if I change it up, if I, was, if I listened to like my friends who ask me, why are you working in a low-paid job? Or what are you doing with your life? Or why are you still living at home? If I allow these pressures to get to me, I actually need to be confident and say, yes, currently my life may not resemble the Disney dream cliche of how life's supposed to go. But I'm going to remind myself that actually I am walking in the path that God's calling me in. I have to remind myself that single or not, I'm on an assignment for God's kingdom. I have to remind myself that the months I had no job, 
the months I was confused, the months I was depressed. They weren't wasted, but it was actually preparation for my next step. And I had to remind myself that God's provision was always sustaining me. Our God is not going to leave us hanging, people. We've got to trust in our God in every season. Don't take control. Don't get anxious. Don't force his hand or run ahead of him. Instead, evaluate the season you're in right now, whether you're a mom, dad, auntie, grandparent, whatever season you're in, young, old. Use the season to mature, to be patient, to learn how to trust him, rest, and shift your perspective off what you want and focus on what God wants for you right now. Your life doesn't start, by the way, when you get that next thing. Live in purpose now. Remind yourself during your life, what is your assignment? And serve the Lord. So currently, in my single state, this is what you, and this is what you can do in the mirror. This is what I do to myself. I'm in the mirror and I'm like, proclaim these things, you know. You've got to, the Bible is living. So in my single state, I'm like, I am whole and I am complete in Jesus for those of you who are married, you are whole. You are complete. Not because of the person, but because of Jesus. In whatever situation you're in, you are whole and you are complete. And we all have significance and purpose because of Jesus. Amen. Woo, Jesus, yes. <laughs> so don't pass it off because you're too busy striving to achieve this ideal, that you're missing out on the growth and maturing that God wants you to do right now. He wants you to be thriving in the place he's placed you in, walking in purpose, not struggling, but producing beautiful fruits. This is what we read. This is what he said before Eve was even in the picture. And we're Christians in here, right? So as Christians, we are called to submit to God and obey. Learn to discern God's voice. So when society and culture come at you, you'll have God's discernment. And remember, true success is when you are continually living for God and obeying him. You know what? It's so easy to go down the route and say, well, God, I don't have this or I don't have that. And you know the desires of my heart, and I'm waiting for this, and I'm praying for this. Yeah, actually, just focus on God. Know your worth, know your value. Otherwise, someone else in society is going to determine it for you. And before, when I was talking about how I was content, contentment and joy comes when you don't allow comparison to steal it. This person has this, this person has that. I need to achieve this. No, assess where you're at right now. You may not be where you want to be just yet, but as children of God, we are blessed. So instead of focusing on what you don't have yet, focus on how to make the most of what God is calling you to do in the situation you're in right now. Appreciate, be grateful, and trust God to do the rest. Constantly, this worship this morning, JB, was amazing, man. I loved it. 
And we've got to constantly get before the Lord in worship and in prayer, reading his word, getting whole before him and know who you are in Christ so that in every season, single, married, jobless, childless, sick, you know that right now you've been specifically placed to fulfill a calling. Don't chase the next thing. I'm not saying, by the way, don't dream high or aim high. But is what you are dreaming and aiming in line with what God has for you? Or is it what you want? So to conclude, ditch the Disney dream and go for God's dream. Because we're not here to achieve a happily ever after here on this earth. We're actually here, all of us, and individually here to complete the calling and mission that God has given us. Don't let society or culture define you because God is perfecting all of our stories. Amen. Amen.